When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's do it. Some new noise. It's been a little while. Yeah. Uh, well, we're still trying. You know, we're we're still doing okay. We're doing better than ever, I think. I think so. So the, that's news. That's newsworthy. Yeah. So uh, a lot going on. Um, and usually we do this for torpedo dudes, but like this kind of warrants uh, talking about for the main new noise episode because I want a bigger audience to to talk about this and get their reaction to it. Also make sure you comment below on what you think of this man. There's been a flood of kiss unreleased video released over the last two weeks. It's been awesome. So I, I, I assumed you've been following all this. Oh yeah. So I don't know nothing about it. I have no idea who Sam Loomis is. I don't. Yeah. I don't. All I know is I've been loving the hell out of it. So, the Sam Loomis name comes from the Halloween movies. Okay. And, and the re- there's a reason for that. I know a little bit of, I know kind of a, a bit of the behind the scenes of this, um, just because I'm a nerd about Kiss Video. So I knew if anybody was going to know about this stuff, it would definitely be you. Right. Well, a lot of the videos that came out, they were, they were kind of taking shots at Kurt Gooch. And you remember we met Kurt Gooch at the Atlanta Kiss Expo in 2018. Yeah, I remember Kurt. He seemed like an all right guy, I guess. Oh, that's up for debate. But uh, you he... know, I mean, he didn't smell that great, but <laughs> oh, seemed man. friendly. We're getting into the gutter already. Um... <laughs> I know he's real friendly with some people I don't really care for. Right. Well, so so Kurt and a guy named Jeff Seuss had written an amazing book called Kiss Alive Forever a few years ago. I'll give him that. That's a cool ass book. Yeah, it kind of chronicles all their tour dates like i guess up to the farewell tour i think and um that's a great book i i I give him a lot of credit for that so and i'm gonna be try to be as fair-minded about this as i can but the story that i got so basically this guy comes up well so basically kurt uh on the kiss faq message board was posting under the name laurie strode which was jamie lee curtis's character from the halloween movies i don't okay why he was doing that i have no idea um, that's weird, but that was the name he was. And I, I think it was pretty well confirmed even by Julian that that was who Kurt was, but I, I could be wrong. I'm just gonna say allegedly, so I don't want to get in trouble. Um, so I think the Sam Loomis character came up because Sam Loomis was like Dr. Loomis from the Halloween movies. Okay. Um, so that's the tie that's, in together. That's the tie in. And, okay. and the Sam Loomis person who was uploading these videos was throwing shade at Kurt Gooch on every single video that was coming out, like in the description on YouTube. So, um, I guess I didn't read none of the descriptions. What kind of stuff was he saying? I was all of, basically the like sto- personal stuff. Oh yeah. Well, basically the story I get from this is that, so there's like this faction of, I guess you would call them hoarders of of people in the the Kiss world that they put up money for these unreleased videos and then yeah. they trade them amongst themselves. 
Right. Okay, that makes sense. And Kurt was one of those people. And I guess Sam, or whoever that is, um, had bought some of these videos from Kurt. And Kurt had told him that he was the only he would have the only copy of these videos. Okay. But then Sam found out later that Kurt was selling these videos to other people and telling ah. them that they had the only copy. So a lot of this, from what I gather, comes from a disgruntled video buyer basically finding out the truth that Kurt had sold this stuff to other people and basically decided, you know what, screw you, you're not going to make any more money off these videos, so I'm going to put them up for everyone to see. Right, because once they're up for everyone to see, there's no, then there's no monetary value to right. them anymore. That that's <laughs> that's essentially what I I kind of gleaned from all this. Yeah. Okay. And some amazing stuff has been <laughs> has been released. Uh, like and I don't know. I mean, like, where do we even start? I mean, for, we talked about on the torpedo dudes. I think the Largo seventy five was the first thing that had yep. been kind of come out. And we were like, holy shit, this is cool. And uh, or in the co also Kobo Hall from 76, one of the other nights that hadn't been released had, had come yeah. out. Um, but then since then, there's been a whole just well of stuff that's come out um, live shows and also some some other cool stuff like Gene Simmons doing an in-store in New Orleans uh, for the solo record. And the one that I that really caught my attention was the Atlanta Peaches record store. Uh, appearance that they did you saw that one i'm assuming yep that one was awesome because it yeah. had had an interview with the band like in the parking lot of the hotel before they went over to the record store and man like that was right as they started using the destroyer outfit so it honestly looked like it like, looked like they jumped off the cover of destroyer it was really cool and then um footage from inside the record store sign we've always seen pictures from this record store signing or it was not even so much a signing but it, they were doing a uh, charity fundraiser for muscular dystrophy. So it was like 93 cents for a kiss from each member of the band. And that was really amazing footage. I love stuff like that. More of the candid stuff from behind the scenes. Yeah. But also some great concerts were released too. Um, a lot of eight millimeter stuff from early, early in the the band's heyday, like uh, sunshine Inn in Asbury park, New Jersey was on there. That was awesome. That was cool. I know Rick Fox was at one of those shows. Like two different shows from Sunshine Inn got released, or pieces of them. And then also the um, the Nashville stop on the Asylum tour. A lot of pro footage from that got released too. Oh shit! I missed that one. Yeah. Well, you. I mean, I know. Uh, and that's the other thing is like the Sam Loomis account. The last thing they uploaded was uh, footage, like some raw footage from Cadillac that nobody had seen. And then, like, within an hour of releasing that, the, Sam Loomis took the channel down. It says on yeah. YouTube, taken down by Sam Loomis, which is odd. So, but I know other YouTube channels have picked up the, these videos and put them up on their own video stuff. So I think everything is still accessible. But as far as the why it got taken down, I have no idea. Hmm. Unless there was a threat. Of oh, lawsuit. I'm sure there was. I mean... And some people that you and I are close to, from what I gather behind, the, and I'm not naming names, but some people behind the scenes that we know, I think have been kind of, the finger's been pointed at them. And 
but like nothing officials come out yet. But like I don't as far as who Sam Loomis is. So I but I don't know if that comes from. And I think her the last thing else. said statement coming soon. Well, that but see, I think the 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 account that made that that, that made that post might be fake. There's a lot of drama behind the scenes, and I knew oh, that I would could tell. Be. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it, even without knowing all the crazy insider kiss stuff like you knew. Yeah, like you know, I knew when that came out. It was like it's that the first thing was cool, and I didn't think nothing of it. And then the second thing, and I was like, well, that's weird that two unreleased kiss things got released so back to back, like that same guy. Yeah, and then it kept coming, and I'm like, oh man, there's something weird going on here. Yeah, whoever was releasing the videos was like, I'm just going to burn this to the ground and put everything out here. Um, and I know. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you, Sam Loomis. Yeah, whoever, whoever you are. Whoever you are. You. Um, but I know Mark from Three Sides chimed in on it on one of the articles because a bunch of articles got written about it, too. And Mark is like a super collector. And he said that, like, that's only 5% of what, what has not been seen by people. So, wow. so there could be more, but I guess something came in to to put a stop to it. I don't, I don't know what, but uh, unless he's talking about all the hoarders together, maybe I, it, you know, and I knew that this kind of secret society existed among Kiss fans. I, I knew that for years. I knew there was more than what the average Joe had seen. So, do you think Kiss has access to all the same stuff that these guys have, or do you think like Kiss no, doesn't even have it, and I they do? I don't think Kiss has much of anything, honestly. Wow. Well, because Kurt worked on the A and E biography, and you remember when you watched that, there was a lot of stuff you hadn't seen before that showed up on that on that uh, special. Yeah. So a lot of what this Sam Loomis guy had released was kind of like the full video of a lot of stuff from the A&E biography. And there was certain other things like Mobile, Alabama and Savannah, Georgia from the dynasty show. There was clips shown in the A&E biography that never, that he hasn't released. So I know there's more, um, but, and, and also the promo film from the love gun era or live Two era that was released. Like we had all seen that over the years on bootlegs, but the version that you saw on the A&E biography was like really, really high quality. So I yeah. think he would have released that, too. I don't know what put a stop to it or if the Sam Loomis guy is going to come out and say anything or not. But it, it's cool to see it. But either way, I'm not going to get into the middle of the, the drama behind the scenes. And this is why I didn't try to go any deeper into that world, because it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be involved in this, but. Um, I'm thankful that for, for what we got. If we get nothing else, hey, we got to see, see some cool shit for a while. Now. It's like the Kiss Mafia. It really is. <laughs> Kiss Bootleg Mafia. Oh, the Kiss world is filled with so many weird people. It's crazy. Yeah. I know there's been times over the years I say, hey, I found this article with this cool Kiss guy. And you'd be like, I, we should have him on the show. And you'd say... Yeah, that guy is actually not very cool at all. You know, he's actually a dick that rips people off. You yeah. know, we are not having him on the show. I go, oh, okay, cool, man. I I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know too much sometimes. And I know more than what I'm letting on here, but I don't want to get into them because there's a lot of hearsay going on yeah, behind the scenes. I got to imagine that the KISS FAQ board had to have gone nuts over this stuff. Oh, Speculation and innuendo and everything else. Well, the funniest part of it is, like, the the kiss faq board i visit it every single day and usually it's a lot of arguing back and forth over certain things but for like a good two weeks there with all these different leaks happening 
everyone got along for like two yeah. weeks and that was awesome but uh but no no because there wasn't anybody that could say well this sucks right everybody um, loved it the only thing that they said sucks is the graphics on the very first video which i'm glad he released that one first you know the expectations were low and then the other stuff came and it was like everything that was coming out was better and better and better yeah it was uh it was fun to follow along and like to me like i i'm not like the collector i used to be because i mean i used to collect the vhs tapes and then when it switched to dvd i was collecting those but when these got released, I was like kind of I was watching them and then I'm skipping through pieces of it just to kind of get a feel for it. But then I haven't really gone back to a lot of them. So I'm kind of like, well, maybe I'm not the hardcore fan I used to be, but it was still fun to watch, you know. See, that second one that came out, my wife actually said to me, are we watching this again? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just had I'd have it on in the background all the time. Right. <clears throat> It's like something would be happening. I'd like peek my head around the corner and be like, "Oh, that's awesome." <laughs> I will say the the it was the Kobo seventy six show. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun to watch. Yeah, that one yeah. too. And some of that footage was like really captured up close, and like you could even see the kids holding the a lot the the sign that you see on the back of a live. Yep, like stuff like that. That's priceless to me. Yeah, really yeah. awesome. It was really like time travel. Sam Loomis for president in 2024. He's got my vote. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of horrible fallout coming from this. And I I hope people that we like that I've heard are involved are not going to get harmed by it. (laughs) I'll tell you off air who it is. But I was just kind of like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't turn into the drama. It looks like it's going to. But I kind of figured once everything started leaking, I was like, somebody's going to get really get into some shit for this. Right. And I think you got to kind of know that going into it and say, you know what? Screw them. I'm yeah. doing it anyway. In, in in fairness to the people that are in that hoarder group or whatever. And I'll give Kurt Groot's credit, full credit on this. He, you know, he put in the time and the effort and the money, probably money, in some yeah. cases to to get some of these unreleased videos. My hat's off to you for that, because that's not an easy task to to, to pull all that stuff. I think it's what you do after that that's the problem, you know, but like don't don't sell those videos to people and say that that's the only if that's the case. Allegedly. Say it's the only one, because then you're going to like you piss off the wrong guy, like the Sam Loomis character. And that guy's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to release everything. Yeah. And, you know, there's people that immediately as soon as that came up, burnt it down, you know, downloaded it. Oh, yeah. It's there's people sharing Dropbox and Google Drive links everywhere with uh, how to download all these videos. Uh, I mean, once the, once the genie's out of the bottle, there's no putting it back. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Imagine Kurt Gooch, first time he turned on YouTube and that popped up. He's like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, Kurt's always personally, Kurt's always been nice to me. I don't have a bad thing to say about him, but. I've heard a lot of stories about him, so um, it, it could kind of go either way. But uh, I just I, w- I hope people don't get hurt from this whole thing. But as a Kiss fan, it was cool to watch it. Yeah. And if you got any more Sam Loomis, yeah, please, please release it. keep them coming. <laughs> what the hell? You know, you're a hero now. Yeah. You're a part of history. I hate to say it's not my problem, but it's not my problem. <laughs> but um, it's only my problem if we don't get any more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, hopefully, we'll get more. I mean, I'm I'm thrilled with what we got, though. I, I mean, it, it was way more than I ever expected to see. Come on, just one more Madison, Wisconsin on the Revenge Tour. 
Right. Oh, I'm told. Cool. I'm told audio doesn't even exist to that one. Yeah, that's one I've never heard. And then Nash, well, Nat, audio does exist for the Nashville stop, but uh, it's not very good. Is there a video of the Gibson thing you saw that time? Oh yeah, you can watch that right now on YouTube. Right on. Awesome. You know that was the cool thing too because I was watching all that stuff with Sam Loomis was putting up, and then other Kiss stuff from other contributors on YouTube would start coming up in the suggestions. Yeah. And I saw some stuff that I guess has been up for a while that I never seen before. Like uh the the music videos where they're lip syncing and kind of performing mm-hmm. the songs for rock and roll over. Oh yeah. I don't know if Julian put that up. Somebody put up it was like master tape quality for that. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Did you see the uh well the destroyer slash rock and roll over rehearsal video that got released yeah that's yeah, where they're cool. way back in the distance but they're not wearing their costumes yep yeah there's a there's footage on there of, P- of peter rehearsing beth and you can see peter pretty pretty close up wow sweet it's funny though that we nerd out over that and it's like we know what they looked like without makeup it's not right. that big a deal <laughs> but i mean um, i would that's the one thing that i wish i wish there was like pro shot rehearsal yeah footage. Like them, like what they would have looked like on stage if they were just a normal band. Well, the part of uh, what was in A&E biography, though, if you remember, was some footage like uh, on them on the plane to Japan in the 70s. And Lydia took that fo- that footage and yeah. it was them without makeup. And I'm, I'm sure Kurt probably is the one who got that footage. I don't know if he sold that to the slant- Sam guy, but... I'd be very interested to see that footage, but uh, you only see glimpses of it on the biography thing. Mm, that'd be awesome to see. See, and you're right too. The concerts are super cool, but it's like behind the scenes stuff. Sure, that's really amazing. Well, I, I mean, do I need to see them play Love Gun again? I mean, it's not that big, right? Of yeah. Um. So, uh, in other Kiss news, um, some sad news: Michael James Jackson passed away this past week. Uh, I'm sure you saw that. I hate that man. Yeah. Um amazing producer who worked on creatures of the night animalize well lick it up and then did the drum tracks for animalize um i think michael james jackson is like if i was had unlimited resources to make an album with whatever artists i wanted with whatever producers i wanted i'd divide things up i like michael wagner i need you to produce the guitars Mm -hmm. michael james jackson you got the drums right yeah uh he uh we never got to interview him. I know, but several of our friends in podcasting, including uh, Julian Gill and Podcast Rock City, did get to do interviews with him. Uh, he didn't have the greatest memory for some of this stuff. But, I mean, obviously, just like with Michael Wagner, you, you got to kind of poke and prod to get the, yeah. the memories. Because to them, it's a job. You know, they're working through right. things. That's what we always say with, like, we've said it to Michael Wagner. We've said it to other guys, too. It's like, you know, and you're doing this, and you don't realize that you're making rock history at this moment or that you will be talking about this 50 years later with a couple of guys that were little tiny kids while this was happening, you know? And, and for those people that, you know, it's like, what if somebody came around to you tomorrow and said, Hey, we want to interview you about a day you had at work back in 2004. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, couldn't even exactly tell you where that job was or what well, I was doing. You know, he was living at the speed of life. You know, it yeah. was it was his job. But uh, 
it was interesting. Paul Stanley posted a really heartfelt tribute to him. And, you know, it's mentioning, he says, my dearest and best friend for 40 years. Um, oh. I didn't realize Paul had stayed that close with him. Uh, that was that was kind of news to me. <sighs> Paul Stanley says some weird shit sometimes. Who knows if that's even true? <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to even have to think that, you know, because I, I read that and I think the first thing you think is, is that real? Is Paul Stanley just saying something, you know, because Paul Stanley just kind of says stuff sometimes. Uh, you know, Michael James Jackson worked a lot with L.A. Guns, too. Yeah? Yeah, did several records with them. And L.A. Guns never had no problems with their drums on the albums. They always yeah. sounded powerful. Also worked with uh, Armored Saint. I think it was on the March of the Saint record. Oh, right? that's a great one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. Um, a, a great producer. And like, the interviews I've watched with him seemed like a very genuine, nice guy. And a true legend and a, you know, masterpiece part of rock music history, you know. We've got some big stories to hit on this week. Um, some shifting within the Alice Cooper band. Nita Strauss is out and Kane Roberts is in. She's Did going you... to get that pop princess money. Yeah, so Nita Strauss is now the touring guitarist for Demi Lovato, who is a pop star. And uh, Kane Roberts is bringing, being brought back to fulfill tour dates for Alice, which is a, it's an interesting couple of moves. Yeah, it's wild, man. Like, whoever thought, I guess, like I said, you know, go get that money, girl. <laughs> hey, I don't, you know, and she's getting a lot of hate for this. And, oh, I'm sure. And I kind of feel bad for her because it's like, you know, we all live in this rock and metal bubble. But look, it's it's her job. She has yeah. to plan for the future. But it's it, still, in some ways, it feels like your super hot rock and roll girlfriend just broke up with you, you know? And it's like, what? You know, it's like people love her. That's why you get such a, such a outpouring of a response to this is because people really love Nita Strauss in Alice Cooper. Me too. And include me in that, you know? And so when she leaves Alice Cooper, it's not like she's joining Ozzy. It's not like she's joining priest, you know, it's, she's joining where, what De Demi, what, you know? I think because, you know, well, you know, I'm trying to be fair minded on this because I know that some people are viewing it as a lateral move because Demi Lovato is playing similar venues to what Alice Cooper's playing. So in no world that I live in is Alice Cooper to Demi Lovato a lateral move <laughs> in any way, in any form that. But that's the rock and metal fan in you. I'm just I know. saying she's that's playing. What I'm the, saying. She's playing the same venues as Alice Cooper. Now, if. If Nita Strauss left to go play with Lady Gaga and play in arenas and stadiums, that would be a different story. Yeah. Yeah, because I kind of thought that, too, because, like, Demi Lovato, is is that something really popular? Well, she was more of a big deal five years ago. Now, she gets more headlines now because she makes statements about, like, her sexuality and stuff. I don't yeah. I think she's more famous for being famous than she is for her music these days. I will say I did listen to her newest single, and it's more rock oriented. So I think that's where this is coming from. Uh, and I do I have watched I've seen interviews with Demi Lovato where she's like she's into Demi Bourgier and she's into a lot of metal. So maybe she's going to make that move. Honestly, between her and Machine Gun Kelly and some other artists, I think rock is starting to kind of come back in vogue. It may not be the way you want it to, I was but say, but they're not any good at it. <laughs> well. Maybe not, but I don't, I don't think she deserves, I don't think Nita deserves as much hate as she's getting for this. No, I, I think it's people lashing out because they're hurt. And like I said, like me, you know, I'm a rock and roller, you know, I can't see 
why you would leave Alice Cooper for Demi Lovato. I mean, Alice Cooper's 74 years old, man. She has to plan for her future. She's got like another 20 years of of touring ahead of her. I get it. I get it. You know, I don't, I I ain't mad about it. I mean, I, I, everybody's got to do what they got to do, but it's just like in my base, you know, it's like, oh, come on. Well, I get it. But I mean, at the same time, on the positive note, you get Kane Roberts to join the band again, and, and they're playing uh, Chattanooga in September, and I'm seriously considering driving down to Chattanooga to see that show. Which, that is cool as hell. I would have never guessed that, except, remember a while back when I played that tune off the latest Kane Roberts album that yep. featured Alice Cooper on it, and we both raved about how awesome that was mm-hmm. that they were together. Maybe that might have rekindled something. You know, they worked on that song together and said, you know what? We ought to be working on more songs together again. Nita Strauss decides to step out. And who knows? Maybe there's more to it than even that. Maybe Alice Cooper said, hey, I'd really like to bring back Kane Roberts. You know, Nita Strauss says, cool. You know, can I have time to find another gig? And, you know, I won't say I'm firing you. I'll let you say you're stepping out, you know, and. And whatever, and I'll just bring Kane back in. You know, maybe that's the way it went. Hmm. I haven't heard anyone say that, but that's an interesting thought. I mean, I maybe mean, Demi Lovato is just, you know, well, this sucks, but at least it's a gig. I don't know. <laughs> You're trying so hard to not make that the way, but I get it. Um, like maybe, but, her, maybe her fingers are tired from all these years in Alice Cooper's band, and she wanted to join something where she wasn't expected to lay out blistering guitar solos all the damn time. I'm sure it's a mo- much uh, lower stress gig to do Demi Lovato stuff than it is Alice Cooper stuff. Yeah, yeah, on stage anyway. But I know they were do they were starting to do Kane Roberts era material like Roses on White Lace, so. Yeah, um, that was that was my other thought too. Are they going to start busting out some of those deep cut '80s songs? I hope so because I love that stuff. I think it would be cool. It, it definitely would make his set list a little bit more varied. So, yeah. I I'm really thinking about going to that Chattanooga show because I want to see Kane Roberts on stage with Alice Cooper. I never thought I'd get a chance to see that. I think no. it would be awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, so so good for Nita, good for Kane. I think I think everybody's a winner in this situation, especially Demi Lovato. Apparently, yeah, apparently she gets she gets she's, she's the guitar. big winner. Yeah, so uh, the other gigantic news story that came out this past week, and we haven't talked about this at all. So I'm going to get your raw, real reaction to this. What do you think about Pantera reuniting with Charlie Benante and Zach Wild? Fuck yeah, let's do it. You okay, know, s- sell me a ticket. All right, so uh, so you don't have an issue with them using that name with with two guys besides the Adam Abbott brothers? So I mean, it, when you go to the concert, is it going to be like Pantera, or is it going to be like? That's going to be Pantera. I mean, I guess everybody knows. I mean, if you're going to see Pantera, you know that it ain't Diamond Vinny. I would hope so. Nobody's going to this show going to be upset and be like, well, where's Dimebag and why is Zach playing? You know, nobody, you're not fooling nobody. Right. So I guess it's a little different. It's a little more tolerable. Now, if, I mean, if Vinny and Dime were still alive and this was happening, it'd be an outrage. <laughs> but I mean, they're gone, you know, and, and if this means you can see, you know, Pantera music being performed by guys that, love and respect it you know guys that were friends with Vinny and dime you know that mm-hmm. i think if Vinny and dime were to choose their replacements for this thing i mean you would think those two guys zach and charlie would be on the top of that list yeah so for me when they initially announced that 
because it was initially announced through like Scott McGee is going to manage them, Doc's brother, and it was like Pantera signs with Scott McGee's company. And I was kind of like, mm, I don't know about this. Um, they hadn't announced Charlie and Zach. Yeah. And I was kind of like, well, it's cool, but you know, it's it's not the Abbott brothers. But then when they announced Zach and Charlie as being part of the band, I guess handle with care is kind of the the quote that I thought of because both of those guys are basically members of the Pantera family, personal friends with Diamond Vinny. Yeah. And and I think that it will be done in a tasteful way to honor both brothers. I don't even if they just call well, it for sure. They have to call it Pantera to fill out festival lineups. That's part of the deal. Yeah. Um because the name recognition will get the mouth breathers that don't understand otherwise to go and buy a ticket. Sure, so, people say, "Oh, man, man, Pantera, I got I bought a t-shirt of theirs at the Hot right. Topic, you know. Now I can actually tell people when they come up to me that I know who this is and I seen their concert." Right. So that for that reason alone on a business level, I get it. Um, but the fact that Charlie and Zach are involved, I kind of, I'm okay with it and I will buy a ticket to watch it. Cause I think oh, yeah. uh, to hear those songs live and to hear those two guys play with Rex and, and Phil, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm totally in on this. And some people may not agree with us on this, but I think it's cool that those songs are going to get to play, be played live again on a big stage. Right. I think the word reunion is is what is kind of irking people the wrong way because traditionally a reunion would be like all four members. But in this yeah. case, like you take half the band, you know, arguably the most important parts of the band are gone, you know, and there right. really truly is no replacing them. But if you want this music and you want it in a live setting, who better than Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante to do it, you know? So, I mean, it's cool. I'm glad it's happening. It's been talked about, God, for how long? Since the week after Dimebag died? You know, oh, just go get Zach Wilde. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when Damage Plan was out actively playing, everybody was like, when's Pantera getting back to Right, yeah. And, stop. Um, and, you know, Toomey had Rita Haney on his show not long, you know, a while, a while back, and even she said that if, if Diamond lives the reunion would have already happened. Oh, I'm sure. That guy was so loving and forgiving that I think he would have found a way to make it work if he and, had lived. And then Phil Anselmo gets off the heroin and shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, because that was really the major downfall to Pantera was Phil Anselmo being fucked up all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, you take that, everybody grows up is the other part, you know, everybody grows up a little bit and then they start looking at each other, remembering, you know, Hey, there's a reason why every show I play with my solo band, the only thing anybody ever wants to ask me about is if Pantera will ever get back together. I'm sure it would have happened by now. And I wish it, I wish it could have, but it won't cause it can't. So this is the next best thing. And, um, Zach was performing at Incarceration uh, in Ohio last week, and Matt Penfield and Jose Mangan uh, did a an interview with him, and, and they brought it up, of course. And, and Zach said, when Vinny was still alive, when the fellows were still talking about doing it, I just always told them, I said, of course I would. If you ask me why would I not do it, I'm going to honor Dime. So 
And he even said in the interview, he's like, obviously it's not Pantera, right. but but he's like, I'm going to do it with as much care and tribute as I can. And I think Charlie feels the same way. If it wasn't those two guys, I would probably have a bigger issue with it. But otherwise, with those two guys on board, I'm kind of okay with it. And I think the and the Abbott's estate has given the okay for this, too. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. And there's a lot of Pantera fans that have never got to see them play. Right. So I think it, it's a cool way for those people to see those songs played live. And Rex and Phil have a right to go out and play those songs. Most definitely. Yeah, and if anybody's going to be out playing them, it should be those two. Yeah, I think so too. Well, you just don't get Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer and tell everybody that Diamond Vinny are back? No, we're not going there. <laughs> uh, we got Wolfgang Van Halen. Because um, people have been asking, why has there not been an Eddie Van Halen tribute concert? That's been talked about for a while, right? Yeah, and he's kind of le- he indirectly laying the blame on Dave- David Lee Roth. He says... Uh, he was real cagey about how he answered. Um, let me find it real quick. Because didn't somebody else say that Dave was the holdup? Yeah. Well, he, he kind of confirmed it. He says, uh, I would love to just sit here and say everything and say the truth. There are plenty of interviews my dad did where he straight up just said everything and people hated him for it and thought he was lying. So I could just say shit. But people have already decided how they feel about things, facts or not. So I can say the facts. But that may not align with how certain people feel. I know how Van Halen fans get. They are very motivated by which specific people they like in the band. Yeah. And it's just not worth it. We made an attempt, and some people can be hard to work with, and made it not happen. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, the people that love David Lee Roth really love David Lee, you know. (laughs) And he also said, look at anything that's happened with Van Halen, and look how things have fallen apart, you know. The fact that in my tenure in Van Halen, we managed to do three tours, put an album of original material and a live album out is a fucking miracle. People love to pin every decision Van Halen has ever made on my dad. But Al's the brain, Alex Van Halen. Al's been the guy forever. He's the dude when it comes to Van Halen. Dad just wanted to play guitar. But, you know, Al's mentality, and it's the mentality that Van Halen took for the entirety of its band, is that there's nothing worth talking about unless it's happening so the reason that nothing has been talked about from Van Halen, the official channels, is because nothing's happened. And I know that will stir people up and piss them off, but that's how the operation is run. Asked why he would say if someone were to assume that the main problem was a certain singer with three initials, referring to David Lee Roth, Wolfgang replied, I would say, do your research on the history of Van Halen and come to your own conclusions. Wow. <laughs> so obviously he's talking about Dave. Yeah, yeah, clearly. <laughs> But paparazzi got Dave at an airport recently, and Dave was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm game for anything. So who knows? Huh. Well, yeah, that doesn't make much sense then. It's just funny that Van Halen is still a clusterfuck even after Eddie died. Right, exactly. Well, they're, <laughs> they're carrying on the traditions of when he was alive. <laughs> it's like, just get your shit together, do one tribute concert, invite a bunch of cool people out and do it. Be, be done with it. My favorite headline of the week, David Draymond from from Disturbed is proud of Vince Neil for sounding good and looking healthy on Motley Crue's stadium tour. In other news, David Draymond is also blind and deaf. <laughs> what the fuck? How can you say that? I mean, he sounds better. No, he doesn't. Better than like a year or two ago. I mean, not much. I, I don't think so. <laughs> He's not on crutches or nothing. He's looking healthy, I guess. Well, he's not lip syncing. I'll give him that. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks for at least attempting to sound uh, real. In late breaking news, Chris Sinzak is proud of Vince Neil for not lip syncing. Yeah, I'm proud of him for that. All right. Disturb's uh, got a new song out. It's not bad. Oh, really? uh, Rob Zombie's movie reboot of The Monsters is going to debut on Netflix this fall. Have you seen the trailer? I've not seen the trailer, but I've seen people Ooh. talking about it. Like once, oh, man. once it was said that it was <laughs> going to be put right direct to Netflix, everyone was like, yeah, that's because it's stupid and it's going to suck. It might be the worst movie trailer I've ever seen. Really? It's terrible. <laughs> If they would have made it black and white through the whole thing, and I know that the studio, he even said in an interview that the studio made him make it a color movie. Um, There are scenes in the trailer that are black and white, and they look fine, but the color version of it looks like it was shot on an iPhone. It looks awful. Hmm. Yeah, I I don't care about that. I was too young for the Munsters, and I don't care. You didn't watch reruns of the Munsters? Uh -uh, Not the Munsters. Really? No, Little Adam's Family. Well, I would. I watch both. I love both of them. See, I don't. Monsters I don't remember great. monsters being on reruns in Wisconsin. I remember the monkeys. I remember, oh, they showed all those here. But I never got to see the monsters. And I think even Adam's Family, I didn't really know nothing about until the movie came out. Oh, my parents were. They love the Adam's Family. I, I always thought the Adam's Family was worse than the monsters, but that could be wrong. My mom watched some other vampire movie or TV show that she liked. Have you ever seen Blackula? Blackula? Yeah. I don't know if it's I watched Black the whole movie, but I know what you're talking about. Did you ever see Saturday the 14th? No. Uh-uh. Wait a minute. Like a, maybe I a, have. Long time ago. It was a comedy ago. version of Friday the Yeah, 14th. a long time like ago a, on VHS. I think I saw that. That movie's fucking funny. Um, check that out if you haven't, if you're listening. If you're still listening. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Skid Row put out a new song called tear it down have you uh have you seen the video for that yeah i'm still pretty excited about the new skid row stuff coming out not bad i kind of like it i kind of like it too i mean i don't know it's tough you know this band has had so many different singers now and this guy's good but i just don't know it doesn't doesn't feel like skid row feels like a different band well Rachel Bolin agrees with you. It kind of feels like a new band, like we hit a reset button, and the attention that we're getting now, it's very positive, and it's nice to have that back. So he agrees with you. I agree with him, too. It is. It's okay. It's good, but it doesn't, like, if if you played that for me, and I had no idea, had never heard it before, and said, you know, can you name this band? I would not say Skid Row. Really? I think it sounds a lot like their old stuff. I don't know, man. The one I was listening to, this one, the new one that came out, I was when I was listening to it, I was like, this is pretty cool, and I like it, but it just, it, I don't know. Hmm. It's different. It's like a different band. So when he says it feels like a new band, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Maybe for a different reason. Uh, I, th- I thought it fit in fine with their old stuff. So I'm not going to say it eclipses it. I'm looking forward to the new album, and I'm always happy anytime Skid Row's doing something because that's one of my all-time favorite bands. Well, I mean, a lot of people are saying it's better than The Gang's All Here, which was the first single, but I, I think I like that one better than this one. Yeah, I like the first one a little better. So we agree on yeah. that. Okay. Uh, last story I have is Tim Ripper Owens says he never got a call from Judas Priest about the upcoming Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Uh, are you surprised by this? Huh. Um not surprised i mean 
when you talk about Jews Priest and you say, hey, we're talking about putting you guys in the Hall of Fame, Ripper Owens doesn't really come to mind when you say, what, what are the reasons that Judas Priest should be honored? Well, there's all this amazing stuff through the 70s and the 80s, and you know they're still doing awesome stuff today. And they're like, what about the 90s? Like, eh, not so much. You know, Ripper Owens is awesome. I love the guy. I think he's an amazing singer. I think he was a great choice to replace Rob. If you have to replace Rob, I know they talked about getting Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe at that time to be to take over after Rob Helford. And even he said, I, I can't, you know, I can't do it. But yeah, that's another one of those ones too, where, you know, when Rob Helford left the band, maybe they should have just changed the name of the band and then reunited Judas Priest a little bit later on down the line. But even if that happened, that band would not be going into the hall of fame. So I'm not surprised Ripper Owens wasn't invited, but you would think a phone call would be nice. You know, hey, listen, we're going into the Hall of Fame. I want to thank you, you know, for stepping in. But, you know, <laughs> Hall of Fame don't want you there. Well, I think that's his main gripe is he didn't hear from the band. Yeah, himself. I can. And, I can dig that. Like, I think anyone with a brain can understand that the Hall of Fame is going to want a particular version sure. of the band to get inducted. You know, and they did that to Kiss, too, um, as much as that pissed everybody off, which to me... Who gives a fuck? The Rock and Hall of Fame is right. Fan, totally is. But if you're looking at it as an honor and a chance to pay tribute to somebody that deserves to be honored like that, I mean, when they induct Kiss, they're not. You're not seeing Kiss on the Asylum tour in the promos they're talking about. You know, you're not seeing Crazy Crazy Nights. You're only seeing the original four. Yeah, and I get it. That's their thing, but. I think he's more hurt that the band's management didn't contact him and say, hey, we're going in, you know, we appreciate you, but just know they're not putting Right, in. yeah. You know, he didn't get an email, a call. Would or you like, so would you like to feel, come down and hang him. out? You know, you're not going to be able to be in it, but, you know, you and your wife or whatever, come down and hang out. You know, we, you're a part of history, you know, you're a part of it. But you're not, you know, I mean, that's that's the way I would think to do it. You know, you look at the guys that helped you you know he didn't help bring judas priest to new heights but he sure did help keep him alive something tells me though that rob halford has always been kind of sore at them for continuing on with ripper when he was gone yeah but i mean you gotta kind of understand though i mean if you're leaving the band what do you expect them to do well, they had to. They had to soldier. I don't blame Judas Priest one bit for. I mean, when Ozzy on. left Sabbath, did that stop Tony and Geezer and Bill? No, they kept going. No. Well, you have you gotta you gotta pay yeah. your bills. I mean, there's a lot of bands where the lead singer got to a point where he's like, "I'm the star of this. I'm going solo." Be like, "What? You didn't stop after I left?" You know? Well, no, of course not. I mean, look at Van Halen. As much as I hate to admit it, I mean, they were super popular and. Made a whole shit ton of money after David Lee Roth left. If they would have just packed it in, that would have been awesome, but they'd have been broke. Yeah, they'd have been broke. They made a lot of money without Dave. But uh but no, I mean I, I get that I get why Ripper's upset, but I also get why he didn't get invited. But I think that it would have been classy if the band at least you know acknowledged him and said, Hey, you know, we're sorry you're not getting inducted, but yeah. we are. You know, I it, 
certain little things like that, you know, kind of the humanity kind of gets drained out of society as we go on, it seems like. Yeah, because what I think I would do if I was in that situation is I would get, like, if they give you a plaque or an award or however that works, you get an extra one made, you know, by the band, presented to Ripper Owens from Judas Priest in appreciation yeah. for your con- contribution to us going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, that'd be the sweetest thing to do. And that dude would put it right up on his mantle and it would be like the greatest thing. And you'd make his life, you know, by giving him that honor. But, you know, not to even just call him pretty shitty. I think it's shitty, too. And like, yeah, I know neither of us are the biggest Journey fans, but like Journey, when they got inducted into the Rock Walk of Fame in Hollywood, they invited Robert Fleischman out and made him part of the ceremony. Yeah. That's the way you do it. You know, and Robert Fleischman never even recorded a studio album with him. He was out before they even got their chance to record. That's right. I mean, he did write any time and wheel in the sky for them. But like, it's just, you know, those little extra steps makes you a classier group. You know? Yeah, I like yeah. that. So, I, you know, I'm I'm happy for Priest getting in and all that. But, um, you know, my point still stands. Though. Who gives a fuck about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Right. Yeah, that's that's the. That's the main takeaway here. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is bullshit, and it sucks either way. So, yeah. We won't be doing any more uh, promos for them in the future. If you, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say, if you want to know how the Rock and Roll F- Hall of Fame really should be, go back in the archives. That's still one of my favorite couple of episodes. Those were fun to do. Yeah. Did you hear about Dave Menachetti? I heard they had to cancel more dates because of his uh, radiation treatment. Yeah, they had to end up canceling all their European dates because he's recovering from the treatments right now. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of dates lined up and they wanted to do it. And if he's going to do it, he's Dave Manichetti. He's going to take Y&T out there. He's going to give it his all, you know. Right. And he really doesn't have his all to give. So it would be too much for him. So they're basically making him stay home. Like, Dave, you will get up there and you will kill yourself because you don't know how to take it easy. I've seen that firsthand. You put a guitar in that guy's hand, he, yeah. taking it easy is a mile away. I've seen Y&T twice live, and it was in the last five years. And, man, I mean, dude hasn't lost anything. I mean, just go. the whole band goes up there and kills it. One of the best live bands I've ever seen. So I just thought on our way out of here, we'd just send some well wishes to Dave Menachetti, one of our rock and roll heroes, one of our favorite bands in Y&T. Love to see him around for many years to come. I'm glad the treatments are going good. Get yourself recovered. And then come back to Nashville. You know you, you know we love you here. Come to Rockin' Pod next year. That's what I'm talking about. Can you tell the people <laughs> the news? I mean, that's part of the news, ain't it? Can can you tell can you tell the date? Uh, I'll tell the date to the listeners of Decibel Geek just because I love you all. Nice. I'm still working on hotel deals and all that stuff. But hey, I don't, I don't have a room block thing to fill, but if you want to come to Nashville for Rock and Pod next year, it'll be the weekend of March 18th. Um, we'll do the pre-party on Friday, March 17th, which will be St. Patrick's Day. Sweet. A lot of drinking going on that week. But yeah, that'll be that'll be the date. I haven't released it yet, but to those of you that listen and love this show, that's going to be the weekend we do it. Heck yeah, and that's why you listen through the entire episode. And this marks the tradition of me getting stuff out of Chris. And getting him to tell you about it. So we'll keep it going. Today you got the date. We're going to get all the details in the upcoming weeks and months as we lead up to Rockin' Pod. Coolest thing about this, doing it in March, 
we're not all going to die walking around in Nashville like we did in August because of the damn heat. Actually, March is pretty beautiful around here. Thanks, Alcohol and Aaron Camaro for getting that shit out of me. Yes. Now that's what I'm talking about <laughs> when I'm talking about the news. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.